Hey, it's your pal Mike Shea from Sly Flourish here to talk about quest patterns, quest models that we use in our D&D games. In fact, I'm going to talk about one particular quest model that I think is really powerful, uh, not well understood, and can really help in a lot of our games. Quest models are any sort of model that you can use to generate quests for your game. And there's a lot of common ones that we're all very familiar with. Uh, the kill the boss quest, right? Somebody says, oh, we got to kill the, uh, the, the orc chieftain has to die. Uh, please go and kill him. There's an evil undead king needs to be killed. Please go down to the tomb and kill the undead king before he destroys our whole village. Very common quest model is the, the kill the boss quest model. Collect the things. We need you to go find these five artifacts in order to stop the ritual from going on. Uh, kill the lieutenants. The main boss has four lieutenants. We need you to go out to each of these four keeps, kill all four lieutenants to make sure that the war machine can't invade our area. Uh, the heist. Uh, a, a group of devil-worshipping rich people have stolen an object. We need you to break into their manor and go get the object so that they can't finish their evil ritual. Destroy the thing. There is a super powerful monolith of terrible power buried in a deep cave. You need to go down into that deep cave and destroy it before its evil permeates the whole area. And the, the very common rescue someone. Uh, the prince uh, ran off and went into a dungeon in order to prove his worth and he's been missing for four days. Please go down there and rescue the prince. These are very common quest models. We see them all throughout our D&D games. They're well understood. We don't have to talk a lot about how they work, but it is handy to sort of have in the back of your mind a list of the quest patterns that you know work. But there is one particular quest pattern that is used pretty frequently, but is a very fragile quest model that doesn't work particularly well. And I refer to that as the all or nothing collection quest. Uh, the all or nothing quest is, is a, a variant of the collect the things quest uh, in which you have to collect so many objects or so many things in order to prevent something from happening or open a door or do something else. Two very common instances of this quest are uh, opening up the Tomb of the Nine Gods in the adventure Tomb of, Tomb of Annihilation uh, and the requirement to have five dragon masks in order to summon Tiamat in the Tyranny of Dragons adventure. Those are both examples of all or nothing collection quests. In order to open the door to the Tomb of the Nine Gods, you have to have all nine puzzle cubes uh, available in Omu. Right, And the fragility of this is, what if one of those cubes falls into lava? What if it's destroyed? What if the red wizards collect one of them and they take it to Thay and they hide it in Zaz Tam's uh, personal bag that he keeps on his waist right, all, at all times? How are you going to go get that one? And how are you going to get into the tomb without it? Right, The fragility of the all or nothing quest is if one of those objects is destroyed or stolen or hidden away or if there's, it's just buried somewhere, the quest can't complete. Obviously for the tomb, if the character's job is to get into the tomb of the nine gods, it, they need all nine. And if the red wizards have two or one of those nine, they're hosed until they get that one back. They have to go steal it. It, it builds this forced requirement in there. Same with the dragon masks in Tyranny of Dragons. If the Cult of the Dragon requires all five dragon masks to summon Tiamat, all the characters need to do is get one of those masks and destroy it, right? Throw it into the ocean, get rid of it, make sure nobody can steal it, right? And if they do that, the game's over, right? You finish because they can't summon Tiamat without the five masks. So it's a, it's a fragile quest thing because only one of those things, the removal of one of those objects means that you can't complete the quest. So instead, I offer up a quest model that I call the three of five quest model, the three of five collection quest. This robust model requires not that you have all of the keys, only that you have the majority of the keys. And it works best when you have the majority of, odd, of an odd number of keys. So imagine going back to the Tomb of Annihilation and the Tomb of the Nine Gods. What if the door only required five of the nine keys to open it? 
Well, now the Red Wizards can't get away with just holding one key. They need to get five keys before they can get in. If they want to prevent anyone else from getting in, they need five keys. It's way harder to get five keys than nine keys. And now if you have multiple factions that are both working on these things, there's a race to get the first group to be the, the group that gets five. So it's a far more robust quest line. It means that there's a lot more choice. There's a lot more requirement to go out there and get the keys. You can't just break the other group from getting it by holding on to one of them. You'd have to hold on five. So in this case, when we think about the, the quest part of the three or five collection quest, there, there's a lot of different things that, that it could relate to. Opening a door, finding a location, summoning the demon prince, resurrecting a fallen god, or completing a ritual. There's many other. It's anytime you need a bunch of things in order to complete one quest, right? That's what we're talking about here. And, and it can be quests that the characters are trying to succeed in, or it could be quests that the villains are doing that the characters are trying to prevent. Either way, it's the same basic model, right? There's a, a thing that's going to happen, and there's so many objects required in order to complete that thing. So also, likewise, just like the thing that the quest that they're trying to complete could be many different things. So can the keys. The keys can be spell components. They could be dragon masks. They could be actual keys. They could be skeletons with giant key heads. They could be magical artifacts or they could be parts of a map. Whatever the objects are, it doesn't matter. As long as as part of the quest, you only need the majority of them and not all of them. As long as it's the majority, it's far more, far more robust. Now, the three of five model works pretty much with any odd number, three, five, seven, nine, 11, and so on. There's a reason why it's an odd number, and that's if it's an even number, you could hit a stalemate, right? If it was 10 keys to open the door and the bad guys get five keys and your characters get five keys, well, now you have to get the other one, at least one of the other keys from the other group. You could do it and it could still work that way. And maybe that's fun, right? Maybe it's okay that there's this, this stalemate. But if you wanna have it where everybody's trying to grasp for that one last key, it works best with, with an odd number of keys. Now, also, the, the quest is going to be significantly longer the more objects you need. If you need the first six of 11 parts, you know, there's a, that's a lot of different places you have to go to get six. Uh, if it's only three, now you only have to go to two places to succeed. The total number of objects you're trying to collect and the majority that you're trying to collect, the, more, the higher that number is, the longer the quest is going to go, the longer the campaign can go. What are some of the advantages of the three of five quest model over the all or nothing collection quest or even other ones? Well, one is you have a lot of flexibility in the evolving story. If there's a requirement to collect all five keys, you're locked into that. You, 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 the characters have to collect all five keys to get it, wherever they are. There's an evolving story there, but it still sort of narrows down until finally you know you're going to have to get that last key. But if you only have to get the majority of the keys, there's a lot of flexibility for how that story can go. Multiple factions could be seeking the keys because there aren't so few keys that multiple factions can't be working to get them. So you could have multiple groups getting them, and they're still all fighting to try to get the majority of keys. Uh, you could have a situation where you have three different groups that are trying to get each get five of the nine keys and each group has three. Well, now instead of a stalemate between two groups, you have a stalemate between three groups. And now the two enemy groups might be fighting each other to get the final keys. It adds a lot of, of flexibility into the way that story is going to go. You have this kind of pinnacle showdown for the final key. So it does narrow down eventually to like this struggle to get the final key. And maybe they get the key, like in the example of trying to prevent a, a, a ritual, uh, maybe they get the key and stop the ritual, right? Or maybe they don't get the key and now they have to face whatever the ritual causes. So both of those are paths that the story can take and, and could be fun. Uh, you have no risk of a single key ruining the entire quest. There's no risk that the loss or theft or destruction of a single key is gonna derail the entire quest because now it's not just collecting one key, now you need the majority of keys. It's a big jump to go from like one to three or one to five keys required. Right? There's no forced theft, either on the sides of the players or on the sides of the villains. Right, 
if either group, if you have two groups that are both struggling to get the same keys to try to get into a door, if, if it's an all or nothing quest, one group is going to have to steal it from the other one, right? If each group has one. And boy, players hate it when the enemy is required to come steal a, an item. That's a really, really, you know, it's a bad trope, that, that idea of, you know, evil assassins coming in and stealing the key in the middle of the night is really pretty lame. The forced theft of a key is a big disappointment on the players. And it's nice if, you, if you're doing like five of nine or three of five keys, they don't have to steal one. They just have to collect the other three. So there's lots of meaningful choices. The real advantages of, of the five of nine quests or the three of the, the three of five quests, lots of meaningful choices that the players can make about which one of the three keys they want to go after. Uh, what do they do when it turns out the villain got one of them? What's happening as they're racing to get the final one? There's lots of different cool options for, for how this quest works out. So it works out really well. So in conclusion, I suggest that you keep the three of five quest model in mind. It's a, it's a good quest template to have in mind. It builds a robust system that offers a lot of flexibility for the characters. Uh, you can also use it to replace the um, all or nothing collection quests that exist in published adventures. So tomb, of, you know, we talked about tomb of the tomb of annihilation and the tomb of the nine gods. You could say that the door to the tomb of the nine gods requires only five of the nine keys in order to open it. You, I think you could just say it outright, and you're and you're ready to go. Uh, same with Tyranny of Dragons. You could say that the Cult of the Dragon only needs three of the masks in order to summon Tiamat. That puts the onus on the characters to steal three of the five masks to try to stop it. Much harder to do. They probably won't be able to do it, and they still have to face Tiamat. It's, it's easy to take this model and replace existing collection quests in published adventures, but and it's also easy to build your own collection quests. And, and really what we want to do when we're looking at quest models, we want to find quest models that offer us the greatest flexibility for our story to evolve. We don't want to hang on to any quest model that railroads the characters into any one particular line. We want quest models that offer a lot of options, a lot of interesting ways that the story can go, uh, a lot of surprises for both us and for the players. When you're looking at like the all or nothing collection quests or the three of five quests, look at what other quest models exist and ask yourself, are there lots of different ways to complete this particular quest? Those are the quests that are really going to be the most useful. I hope you found this video useful. Uh, if you did, please subscribe to the channel. Uh, if you really liked it, you can go to my Patreon. If you go to patreon.com slash you can help support videos like this in the future. So thank you very much. I hope you found it useful. Have a great day.